very excited about what's happening. You know, the stadium uh, had the ground breaking a little over a year ago, uh, and the and the way they come out there and and do the renderings and the excitement about the uh, new stadium is all very exciting. Kind of second fiddle of the Oakland A's, you know, and we're the last team to play on a baseball football, you know, uh, stadium. So this is all, all to the good side. Mark Davis is always here, always shaking everybody's hands. We look forward to our new home in there under that. What's up, football fans? It's time for another edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Fang, joined along today with our Review Journal Assistant Business Editor, Rick Vallada, who knows all things about the stadium here that is in Las Vegas and coming up quicker than I could even have imagined. At this point, the stadium looks to me to be over a third of the way completed, and it's not even close to 2020 yet. The Raiders, again, slated to begin playing in this 65,000-seat stadium in time for the 2020 football season. Rick, at this point, I bet the Raiders wish it was already done so they could have a new home for 2019. I know, with so many so many storm clouds over this whole 2019 season that, that are out there. And, and, and who knows where they're going to end up playing next year. But but you're right. I'm, I'm sure that, that if they could uh, you know wave a, a magic wand, they, they'd love to have that stadium already done so that they could just put the team in there right now. And am I accurate in saying that it's about a third of the way done? It looks to be that way. Yeah, it is a little little past a third of the way right now. They've they've uh, actually spent about a third of the money. They've got uh, one third of the schedule completed, and um, just by looking at it, you could probably say, "Wow, it looks like it's about uh, uh, one third of where it should be," which which it is. Uh, and that means that it's on time and it's on budget. And I think that the uh, uh, Raider management that has the subsidiary that's building the stadium is very proud of that fact. The, the fact is, is that um, they have some really tough jobs coming up that uh, will be time intensive and they'll be kind of exciting to watch from the ground too. A couple of those projects, as uh, we know, the Stadium Authority does go over and have these meetings. This Thursday, there is a meeting here in town that will discuss a few future projects. And you're actually writing a few articles on that, which can be found on ReviewJournal.com, as are other people who are involved with this stadium project. You can always find uh, everything there that covers the Raiders. Uh, This stadium it was going to cost $1.9 billion, as we know. And the next meeting, they're going to be discussing Lanai doors and the field tray. These are some very exciting things, like you said, that are coming in. The field tray specifically is interesting to me. Um, what can you tell us about the new developments and the discussion that could happen in terms of these two projects? Well, the, the things that they're, they're scheduled to speak about at the uh, Stadium Authority meeting on Thursday is uh, the safety protocols that are involved in, in using these things because, uh, the, the, you know, we're talking about moving an, an acre field from outside the stadium inside, and it's, uh, it's quite an undertaking. A, a, a crew went uh, from the Review Journal went down to Glendale, Arizona, to see their field tray in action, and we'll have a full report on that uh, coming up this weekend. But the, the the fact is is that this uh, this big tray, uh, there are s- so many things that have to be done correctly in order to, for it to, to move, and the one that's going to be at the uh, at the Las Vegas Stadium is even more sophisticated than the one down in Glendale, and and they give a lot of credit to the Cardinal organization for allowing them to observe everything that they're doing so that they can actually uh, have a, a better system in place than what the Cardinals have in Glendale. 
And the Lanai doors, what are the purposes of those? Whereabouts, like on the stadium, are they going to go? Uh, what can you tell us about? Okay, those? yeah. If yeah. if you can if you can envision the stadium sits at kind of a, a north to south uh, uh, angle, and the south end is where the field tray will be. It'll be parked outside. It'll have a, a, a sod field, a, a natural grass field that will actually be watered outside and tended outside. And uh, the sod will be probably replaced at least once or maybe twice a season outside. And then on game day or, or pre- actually preceding game day, they'll move that entire field from south to north to actually sit right in the center of the, of the stadium inside. Now, then if you envision exactly right across <clears throat> from, the, uh, from, from where the field tray opening is, which is on floor level, and you can imagine exactly uh, right across from it, there'll be these lanai doors, which are uh, about 215 feet wide, <laughs> and they will uh, open uh, so that people can view outside to uh, a fantastic view. And this is, I've contended all along that this is the reason why they chose that site in the first place, regardless of the hassles that are involved in parking, is that they're going to have this fantastic view looking outside to the Las Vegas Strip. Now, the, the NFL has some rules about whether these doors can be open or not during games. And what will, uh, what will happen is that 90 minutes prior to a game, they'll make a decision as to whether the doors will be open or closed. Now, what happens if there's a power failure and they, ha- they, they, they can't close the doors? Well, that's what they're going to be talking about on Thursday, the safety protocols involved in manually closing those doors if an emergency should occur. Now, in, in most likelihood, uh, the most common setting for the stadium is those doors are going to be closed. Uh, but um, and, and the reason why is because it's going to be so hot most of the season, and that stadium's going to heat up to a certain extent. They're going to have the cooling on probably from the the minute of the uh, the, the you know as soon as the star, the clock strikes twelve, they're going to be starting that the cooling of the stadium because they know that as more people enter the building, it's going to heat up. That's just kind of a natural process because right. it is an indoor venue. Uh, but if they chose to, they could have the doors open. And what they have to do is monitor wind conditions and make a, a decision on closing. Usually the threshold is about 25-mile-an-hour winds. If there's 25-mile-an-hour winds, they'll close them. Um, and they have to have weather monitoring systems up to 100 miles away to kind of predict some of the uh, storms that might be on the horizon. And as we all know, when we live here, sometimes these monsoon storms come up and they're here and there uh, very quickly. They they seem to develop, uh, you know, in, in just uh, moments. But uh, that's that's the reason why they have to set up some of these safety protocols. As far as the safety of the field moving in, there's an entirely different setup compared to the Glendale Stadium. If you look at the Glendale Stadium, you'll see that their field tray comes in across a uh, a walkway. There there are no seats over there. But in the Las Vegas Stadium there are seats that are going to be above that opening. And so in order to accommodate the weight that will be placed on, on that area, they have to put some structures in underneath that will fold up. And uh, when the field is moved in, they will be in an upward position so that the field can move in. And then when the field is completely in or when it's completely outside, those, uh, 
those standards will be down in a down position. One of the safety protocols on this particular case is that there can be no people in those stands when the field is being moved in and out. Wow. And that's uh, just just a safety precaution that they've decided to put into place. Absolutely. It's absolutely necessary to do. I, you're just talking about all of this, and it just gives me the whole picture of exactly how state-of-the-art this stadium is going to be. I grew up as a kid, you know, in San Francisco, and there we had Candlestick Park, which was halfway sinking and landfill into the <laughs> into the bay. Right. So right. I was used to, like, water coming in and splashing you all over the face, and you get that cold chill. None of this uh, inside thermometer stuff that it's going to yes. give you the exact perfect temperate location that I mean, by weather conditions uh, that you need. But uh, I, this again, you briefly touched on it with the uh, location of the stadium being uh, just across from Mandalay Bay on Russell Road, and it's also um, Hacienda Avenue between Polaris and Dean Martin. Now, right. that's just west of our I-15. That's a major interstate here in Las Vegas, and the problem, as you mentioned just briefly, is going to be parking. Now, right. uh, what we're imagining that there's going to be a bunch of lots all over Las Vegas, and that these uh, shuttles or perhaps even the monorail may be used as ways for people to commute from wherever they are, you know, and, and the hotels are going to have probably major parties. So in terms of tailgating, I think that the idea is that it's going to take place in your hotel. You're <laughs> going to go have a, a pregame brunch at one of the, uh, the places like the Rio and then take over a shuttle to the stadium. Perhaps that's just an idea I'm throwing out there, not right. exactly what's going to happen. Well, the, the Raiders have confirmed confirmed at least four uh, satellite parking lots that are going to be established uh, around the stadium, within probably a couple of miles of the stadium. And, and you're right, people will be parking their cars in those satellite lots and then transferred to the stadium via uh, some shuttle buses that they will um, uh, have in place. And the, 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 the cost of the, uh, of the parking and the shuttle uh, bus ride itself are going to be built into the ticket price for those who who have tickets. So uh, that part of it they've they've talked about. Now what they haven't talked about is exactly what they expect to do in terms of tailgating because they have indicated throughout this whole process that tailgating is very important to the Raiders culture. So we're, we're going to probably see something different than what we see in Oakland right now where I you know, people actually drive up and, and they park around the stadium and everybody's uh, really pretty close. But uh, that's not going to be the case here necessarily because of the fact that there's these different satellite locations. And and even that's up in the air a little ways because uh, the, the team has indicated that there may be uh, more lots put into place. They haven't negotiated anything definite yet. And there may be uh, some lots are going to be a little bigger than the others because the, the popularity of where they are based on what the what the fans want. So they still have a lot of work to do in terms of coming up with a, a complete plan and then the access in and out of the stadium for these shuttle buses and for uh, ride sharing, that is uh, all still uh, up in the air as well. Obviously they're working very closely with the Nevada Department of Transportation to come up with some uh, plans to uh, increase the capacity of the pedestrian walkways over Interstate 15 so that people can come by way of the, the monorail, which uh, right now there are plans in place to extend the monorail line. It ends right now on the south end at MGM Grand, but 
would be continued for another, I think it's one mile to Mandalay Bay. And that's the point where people would be able to uh, get out of the monorail and then walk across Interstate 15 over these pedestrian bridges that they're going to be building and then uh, right into the stadium front door there. So do you believe that the stadium itself could actually be done, let's say, within the next year and that the rest of the time spent getting the stadium ready to house the Raiders will be spent in doing things like adjusting the monorail locations and building these pedestrian walkways? Do you think that would be something feasible? Well, well, I think that the, these are, are projects that are ongoing uh, simultaneously. So you'll be seeing that um, there'll be some work done on the on the monorail, presumably, to extend that, uh, that route. Uh, you'll be seeing some work uh, through uh, NDOT regarding the uh, uh, overpasses uh, on, over towards the, the stadium. And, um, and, and meanwhile, the, the stadium construction goes on um, independently of, of that, although everybody is going to be kind of watching each other to make sure that these different components are in place in time for that opening in 2020. Uh, r- right now, it, it's, it's looking like they'll have most of the stadium enclosed by the end of this year, uh, in which case they can then do all the other uh, furnishing stuff uh, in, in the early parts of 2020. Uh, and, that, and I'll tell you, the big project, the, the big thing that's going to be happening is when they put the roof on that building yeah. because that will be uh, a monumental effort uh, in order to do it, a lot of coordinating. Um, they, they'll actually build the, the, the roof on the floor of the stadium, and then they'll have these two massive cranes that will lift it into place and then secure it at the, at the top. That's insane, and I'm looking forward to seeing all of this happen with the stadium and the roof obviously it's going to be retractable so that let's say in August when they're playing some preseason games and maybe it's the end of monsoon season we're not having any issue with that yeah kind of a a, just a clarification it's not a retractable roof oh no okay the 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 doors are the uh, for when the field where the field tray goes in and the lanai doors on the side are retractable, but the okay. roof itself will be permanent and in place. Okay. That's actually probably better uh, yeah. for Las Vegas because of the heat that we can Definitely, <laughs> definitely. And, and, and it's, a, it's a translucent roof, which means that uh, there will be some light that will be passing through it, but it won't be uh, completely, uh, uh, it won't completely block the sun out. So the, the desired effect that the Raiders want is to have an indoor stadium on natural grass that looks like it's being played outside. And that's that's the effect that they're that they're shooting for. Now as we all know, there are night games too. And that's going to be exciting as well because the side of the of the building is going to be a black glass. And so um, when you see it from the outside during the day, you'll just see a, a big sleek black glass building. But at night all the all the uh, lights inside Will be reflected outside, so you'll be able to see a lot from the outside uh, based on the uh, uh, about you know the the translucency of the building. Here's a few questions that I don't know have been discussed yet in any of the stadium authority board meetings, but the old stadium for the Raiders, they've had pyrotechnics, they've had flyovers, they've had guys come in on parachutes, skydivers that land in the middle of the field. Obviously, the new stadium that we have here in Vegas is under a flight path, I believe, for the McCarran Airport. So 
I don't know that they'll be able to have any of those things come game day. Have you heard any discussion on that? Uh, you know, it's it's highly unlikely that there'll be flyovers, and there most definitely will not be uh, paratroopers flying into the into the stadium. Uh, maybe they'll have some people uh, descend from the roof like they do at yeah. T-Mobile yeah. Arena, things like that. But um, uh, as far as some of those other things in pyrotechnics, uh, not likely because of the fact that it's so close right. to the McCarran International Airport uh, runway flight path. So um, that may be something that uh, will uh, go by the wayside in terms of that. Uh, but, you know, on the other hand, if there's uh, some big celebration like, say, Super Bowl or something enormous going on, it's possible that they can get clearance through the FAA to uh, to have a special fireworks um, permit and, and just make it timed specifically so that people uh, at uh, McCarran are aware of it and that the uh, pilots coming in, flying planes in, uh, most of the time, that's a departure uh, flight path. It's people, it's flights leaving, but every mm -hmm. once in a while the wind changes and you'll have um, uh, traffic coming in from the west. I always try to get some video of it when I fly over it just to see the you development. You and I both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the Raiders will have the draft here in 2020 in Las Vegas. I can't imagine what it's going to look like for this city. I don't know if it'll be anywhere on the scale of what they do for, let's say, New Year's Eve. But uh, where do you think, if you could imagine in your head the draft in Las Vegas, where would you think oh, the boy. city would take that draft? Would it be a central area? Would it be somewhere on the Strip, like a smaller scale? of New Year's Eve, what would you imagine? Wow, there, there, there are so many possibilities on that, Heidi. Just, I mean, if you, if you think about it, uh, it could be at the Fremont Street Experience. It could be uh, in some of, one of the resorts. Certainly Caesars Entertainment already has a, uh, an, an agreement with the NFL that allows them to use all their uh, the NFL branding. So it might make sense for uh, Caesars Palace to have a role in this. Imagine having a draft out uh, by the fountains. I don't know. That might that could happen. Happens in April, right? So right the, the weather's actually pretty decent at that time of year. It could be outside. Um, and then there's any number of different locations that will probably put their ideas in, and it'll all be a big surprise. But you're, you're right. There's probably going to be pyrotechnics involved. There'll be a lot of Vegas things involved. There'll be entertainment involved. Uh, it's going to be some big spectacular show once that draft hits Las Vegas. I hope it's super glitzy because <laughs> oh, I, I don't think there's any doubt that Cirque it'll be Soleil. super glitzy. Cirque du Soleil uh, yes. brings in the first pick, and they have uh, you know people descending from roofs, cables. That would be fun. Well, and think of all the celebrities that we have in in Las Vegas that uh, either are here permanently or temporarily, and they could play a role in this too. They could you know maybe sing a number or do something that. Uh, ties into the, the 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 selections and wow there's so many opportunities there with all these uh, you know 32 picks in the first round that would be something to see I was lucky early on in my career that when I was working radio, I got to see some of the drafts uh, happen. And uh, for me, the most notable one was in New York at Radio City and just seeing the, the whole idea of this draft come together in a big city. And I can't imagine what it would be like here, especially because at Radio City, you would get this line of people that would just go for blocks and blocks and go around and wrap around an avenue and come back down another block. And yes. it was probably one of the biggest spectacles that I had ever seen in terms of uh, a ton of people in a small amount of space. Right. But here we're right. a little bit more spread out. Uh, 
you talked about um, the the stadium and the authority me- stadium authority meeting that is coming to um, Thursday to Las Vegas, where everybody gets together and discusses things. And you had mentioned to me before the show that um, the naming of this stadium hasn't been made official yet. So let's take, for instance, we call it now the Las Vegas Stadium, but it could become Gillette Stadium, like Foxborough right, right. became Gillette, or the U.S. Bank Stadium in Minnesota. Every place is sponsored now, exactly. <laughs> except for the, uh, Lambeau Field. So <laughs> we yes. have, uh, every place has some sort of sponsored name. So if, if you could explain to us maybe some of the names that are in the running i know that bank of america put a large sum of money towards the stadium and uh maybe that could be one of the front runners what what do you think that the naming could uh, come down to here for las vegas stadium well when you look at all these different uh, stadium uh sponsorships that are out there it, it falls into different categories of of uh, of business types you've got insurance companies such as uh, state farm which sponsors the one in Glendale, Arizona. You've got airlines that do it. I believe uh, they do a lot of the uh, basketball arenas around. Uh, there were some rumors floating around that Southwest Airlines was involved with that, but having spoken to Southwest, it does not appear that that's going to be a, a, a possible sponsor for, for this particular stadium. And that would be a first for them anyway if they were going to do that. Um, and then you've got uh, the, the lending institutions, the banks, you've got all kinds of things. So, uh, you know, it, it could be any of those uh, or a combination of those. For, for example, at uh, T-Mobile Arena, telecommunications company, right? But they also have a plaza named for a major electronics company, Toshiba. So it, it, it's one of those things that there could be a co-sponsorship. Maybe the field is sponsored by another, another uh, company. There, there's all kinds of possibilities. And, and from the Raiders' perspective, they're looking at uh, revenue. They're looking at a way to generate some additional uh, money for the team, for, uh, for the different uh, expenses that they have. So I'm sure that they are trying to keep every opportunity available to them. And the last I spoke with uh, team president, Mark Badane, he said that uh, that's an ongoing project for, for him. Well, one project we did get to see done uh, was the groundbreaking uh, Raiders uh, headquarters that will happen uh, uh, coming soon. In Henderson, they have over 320,000 square feet there. That's amazing to me. Yes. This is going to house one and a half indoor football fields. There will be three football fields uh, outside the complex, as well as fan seating, a pool. There's going to be their training center and office space. What a celebration that was for Henderson to have this huge headquarters come and land there. This will be the base for a lot of the happenings for the Raiders. What was your general idea of how the city is uh, taking this and how soon will this come together? You know, I, I think that project is not nearly as complicated as the, the stadium and, and obviously they want to have that all built and in place prior to the stadium completion so they can actually move their offices and not have to worry about things that are going on um, in the, in the, in the, during the football season and in preparation for the 2020 season. So uh, I, I, I suspect that uh, because a lot of it's uh, open field area, that's not uh, a, a huge um, development uh, hassle. It, it does appear to be a, uh, a box-type building, so that, will, that should go up uh, really pretty rapidly. Uh, the, the fact that you mentioned about Henderson embracing the team, 
that, that was very heartening to see because uh, obviously they, they could have put it uh, put that that headquarters almost any place. But uh, Henderson really stood out to them. They made a, a good case for why it should be there. Uh, the facility itself is close to residential, right across the street from the executive airport at Henderson, which is fantastic for executives that need to fly in for meetings, things like that. So I, I think that they've just got the best of both worlds. And obviously Henderson's very excited about it because they're starting to now develop that whole park, uh, business park around the um, uh, training center. And there's going to be, you know, the, the, I think that the, long, the long-term vision is to have more restaurants and more shopping right close by so that, um, you know, team members could uh, actually show up and, and shop or go to, to, to meals right, uh, right near where they, they train and where they have offices. And the Raiders coming to Las Vegas, we will keep up with everything that happens on ReviewJournal.com. Rick, thank you so much for the time Thanks today for and joining having me, us. Heidi. Oh, I'm so glad. We're going to do this again as uh, the off season. We uh, will have a lot more time to discuss this. So we're going to be here with you during the off season, keeping up with Vegas Nation and doing these episodes. So make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and write us a review if you're interested in letting us know what you think about the show and give us a follow. You can follow Rick at Rick Vallada and I am at Heidi Fang on Twitter. That'll do it for today. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.